Hello and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Echo and we're already going to be looking ahead to Saturday's match between Sunderland and Millwall at the Stadium of Light Sunderland's first game back after the World Cup break. So to find out more about the Lions, we're joined by Alex Grace from Southwark News. Alex, how's things? Yeah, uh, quite good, thank you. Thanks, Joe, yourself? I'm a bit croaky yeah. today, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just pretty, we were saying before, just uh, off air, that we're pretty glad that England won last night so that the games don't clash or that England would have been playing at three and that the Millwall Sunderland game is at, is at half 12. So that's a bit of a relief. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I couldn't be wanting to uh, to try and watch that, do all the work that's got to be done and then and then try and get ready for England at three o'clock. No, no I have to say that that would have been a nightmare. Mm. Yeah, it means we can definitely uh, we can focus on the on the Saturday's game at the Stadium of Light. Uh, first game back, obviously for both sides, with three weeks without a game. Although I think Millwall, like Sunderland, have been playing a couple of friendlies. Sunderland were out in Dubai in a warm weather training camp, and I think Millwall have been playing a few friendlies as well during the break. So how have they kind of been getting on during the last kind of three weeks? Yeah, we had um, a a friendly with Bromby. Mm-hmm. Uh, last weekend that ended in a one-all draw. Um, they had some fans in at the den as well, to try and I think make it feel like a a competitive contest, uh, which I've missed. Obviously, with the break, um, there was a behind closed doors friendly uh, on Tuesday as well. Um, so, some more minutes for a lot of players that have that have been out. Obviously, um, I think quite a lot of minutes were played for those who hadn't been featuring. Um, prior to the World Cup, they had a few injuries, uh, particularly to Sean Hutchinson. Um, so he's had a few minutes in in and around both of those games. So that'll be key uh, for Millwall getting back on. And they'll be happy that they've got those minutes into those players, I think. Mm. Just looking at Millwall's form kind of before the break, it was they won their last game away at Preston 4-2. Had had two goalless draws before that, up to sixth in the table. So it looks like it's going pretty well for Gary Rout's side. So how would you assess their start to the season? Looks like it is a pretty promising start. It, it's been it's been a strange one. Um, I mean, the start of it it was a bit. Usually, you've seen with Millwall they've been associated with clean sheets, not conceding mm-hmm. goals, um, and and the start of the season start of the season was difficult. I mean, conceding a a fair few goals, uh, especially away from home. Um, but there's been a problem with the away form since the start of last season. It's been a bit difficult. I found it difficult to win away from home. Uh, but at home, really strong, really, really strong at home. I think they've got the third best home record in in the championship. You know, really, really strong. Um, don't concede many at home. They win a lot of points at home. Um, but I think the big thing's the crowd is near home, so that's the big, huge, huge factor. Um, but no, generally, since since the change to a four at the back, um, started the season playing a, a five at the back, um, which received quite a lot of criticism at stages uh, because goals were going in, the attacking emphasis wasn't there as much, really struggling to score goals. But no, since they've gone to a four at the back, um, it's changed a lot, actually. Just one defeat since then, which come at Huddersfield, uh, but been really, really solid. Uh, they haven't conceded many goals. Haven't actually had to do a lot of defending either since going 
two or four. Uh, they've looked really, really good, really solid. Um, and the fans have been happier with that. Um, and I think that has what I think that's what's brought the change about. And as you say, up to sixth in the table as well. I think when this fixture was supposed to be played originally, I think they were 14th. So big difference has been made since that formation change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that they've got some really impressive home form there. Away from home, I'm not quite sure what the form is like, but is there a marked difference between kind of how they're set up at home and away from home and what's kind of the differences there, perhaps? They've only won twice away from home this okay. season. Um, one at Bristol City and one at, uh, at Preston just before the break. Um, tend to be a lot more cautious away mm-hmm. from home, I think, you know, and that's that's something you see with a lot of teams. Um very strong at home, Millwall. You know, they've got the crowd. They've got, they play more on the front foot at home than they would do away from home. Um, but in terms of scoring goals, don't score as many away from home. I know I scored four in the last time, in the last run out away from home. But generally, you don't see Millwall score many away from home. They try to go into a game, try to keep a clean sheet, try and nick one on the break. That's how they do it away from home. And Sometimes that worked out quite well. Um, you know, I think back to some away games last season uh, that that worked really well at. Um, I think particularly Coventry just after Christmas, um, the team had been off uh, with a load of COVID issues um, and they managed to get the 1-0 win, just really dug in. Um, and, and that's what Millwall tend to do away from home. They really dig in. They really make it difficult uh, and try and be as solid as possible, you know, you think go to a place like Sunderland, big crowd will be there, you know, raucous home crowd. The aim will be to frustrate, you know, try and try and quieten the crowd down. And then that's where Millwall can can cause you problems because you quieten the crowd and they can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that the, maybe their strength have been at the back this season. Just looking at the table now, the Millwall have only conceded 22 goals. It's one of the better defensive records in the championship. Um, you mentioned that change as well to a back four. So who are kind of the key players in this Millwall side that are going to be key for the game on Saturday against Sunderland? Well, if you look at Zian Fleming, he, he's got eight for the season. He scored a hat-trick last time out. You know, he's, he's Millwall's main threat. Um, has been really, really, really good Signed since he's come into the side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clubs, clubs knew record signing um i mean they tried to get him in january but didn't quite didn't quite come to plan so they so they got him in back in the summer window um re- really had to pick up where where jed wallace left off you know mm. he was the the big creator for Millwall, wasn't he over the last four or five seasons uh they lost him to west brom plenty of heated debate about that one but no Got to give Zian Fleming quite a lot of credit. He's been really good, um, and he's found his scoring boots as well. I think I think he's eight for the season he's got. So he 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 will cause problems uh, for Sunderland if you give him space, you give him time. Um, he will cause danger. You know, as Preston found out, he got a hat trick against them. Um, Tom Bradshaw has been scoring goals as well. Uh, he also got a hat trick against Watford. Uh, which was another game live on Sky Sports. Um, you got a hat trick in that, um, and then you got the likes of 
Sean Hutchinson at the back, Jake Cooper at the back, you know, players dangerous from set pieces. And the Lions, of course, are the most prolific team from set pieces in in the league as well. I think it's 14 or 15 goals from set pieces. have been really, 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 really good from set pieces. Um, and that's that's an area that they're so strong in. You know, if it's free kicks, corners, you don't want to be giving them away because if the lines are on form, particularly from that area, then they will cause so much damage. Mm, that's not great news for Sunderland, who have struggled from set pieces. They've not got a very big side, although they've possibly got some players back. Well, Alice Sims, the Sunderland striker, came back just before the break. So he's a useful player to have when defending set pieces as well and possibly could have had Giolise back, who's a, an aerial presence. But Sunderland definitely have struggled in kind of that area. So, yeah, that's definitely one to, to keep an eye out on, on Saturday. One player that Sunderland fans will know a lot about is George Honeyman, former captain of Sunderland, now playing at Millwall. How's he kind of fared this season and what's kind of the view on him among the Millwall supporters? It was an interesting start for him because he started um, he started the season as a bit of a regular because... Yeah. Um, Fleming picked up an injury. Um, so he started the season as a bit of a regular. He had a little spell out on the bench where he wasn't featuring too much. Uh, but he's come in, um, playing now more in that deeper midfield role. Um, and he's been top class. Absolutely. You know, he's a he's a very good player. He's a very good technical player. Um, you know, and he, he's someone who, who will get stuck in. And that's what Millwall fans like. You know, they like to see a player get stuck in and give their all to wear the shirt. Um, he opened his account with a goal against, uh, I think it was Coventry. Um, yeah, it was. He got the equalising goal in that game. Um, I know he's a player who will give 100% every time and you can't ask for much more than that. You know, if there's one thing that the fans at Millwall ask for, is for players to show 100%, show their willingness to play for the shirt. If, if you don't win the game, fine, you don't win the game, but at, uh, at least you're showing a lot of dedication and you're willing to fight. And I think, and that's, that's definitely qualities that he shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's definitely, he was definitely a player that, that put himself about and, and gave his all for Sunderland and just obviously didn't quite work out when he left um, a couple of seasons ago. But as you've said before, Millwall sixth in the table, it is incredibly tight in the championship looking just looking <clears> at the table now. Millwall on 31 points, Sunderland on 27, Millwall a sixth, Sunderland a 15th. So only four points between the side. Potentially if Sunderland win, only one point between the sides and Sunderland are a point off the playoffs. But obviously if Millwall win, they could catapult up the table as well, up to fourth potentially. This uh, being a game in hand as well with it being rearranged. So what's kind of the expectation now at Millwall after 20 games now into the season, currently sitting sixth in a pretty good position? The fans kind of think they can get in the top six this season. What do you think? I mean, this is the this is the third, fourth actually, uh, season of Gary Rowett's reign. Um, and to be fair, they've they've come close every time. I mean, if, you know, I think it's eighth, eleventh, and ninth. I think have been the three. Yeah, that's what I've got written um, down. Yeah. Have been the three finishes, and each I've been. Last year, we took it to the final game at Bournemouth. Um, and each year, they're just showing development each year to get closer to it. And I think if if you were to ask Gary Rowett, he would say, yeah, that this year 
his aim is to get into the top six. Um, but for Millwall, it's always going to be difficult, isn't it? Because of the budget, because of the teams around them, it's always going to be difficult. But what I think they may cut for in terms of their lack of money side of it is the effort, is the determination, is the heart, is the passion. Um, and you saw with Luton last year, you know, club that don't have as much money as the teams around them, they did it with heart and passion. You know, they had that led by Nathan Jones. I know now he's moved on, but if you can have someone who can lead your team and lead it with that passion that and that dedication and that ability to work hard, then then there's no reason you can't do it. I mean, the fans are, are always wanting to see the team develop. They're always wanting to see the team move forward. And I think from our point of view, it would be, yeah, look, we think this is the year that we could do it. Um, and if you ask the management of the of the club, I think they they would say the same that this is the year they think in a in a league that's probably a wide open this year. I don't think there's any team this year that are particularly going to run away with it. You know, no. not like your Norwiches and your Fulham's the previous years. Um, but this is the year that it's really open, and I think anybody could do it. And I think you said there, look. Sunderland the fifteenth coming into the game, and only four points behind sixth. It's 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 crazy how open this league is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely looking at the teams this season from what I've seen, apart from maybe Burnley have perhaps stood out, but Sunderland were were tuning up against them at half time and ended up losing the game four two. But I don't think, as you say, like last season there was a Fulham that ran away with it. This season, I think it is very tight. And you mentioned the job that Gary Rowett's done there. Some some pretty respectable finishes. I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of reflected in the wake of the hype kind of he's viewed at the den and is his stock pretty high there at the minute? Difficult. Um, if you had, I think, had this game been played when it was due to be played, I think the the fan opinion of Gary Rowett may have been different. Um, but, his, but since he's changed formation... Uh, I think since he's shown he can change it, um, I think the fans have warmed to him again. I mean, look, I think we had rumours of a bit of, of discontent after, I think it was Blackburn away. Uh, it was a really poor performance. Um, and that, funny enough, was the last game of the back five. He changed it then for the Rotherham game. And since then, a massive upturn in performances, a massive upturn in creativity and chances created. And... And a real drop in goals conceded. Look, if you win games, it changes your stock massively. If you lose games, yeah. it yeah, you know, it it changes your stock massively. Um, it's been linked to other jobs and and stuff like that, but none of that's ever come to too much stuff from yeah. it. Um, you know, I think that's probably the bookies being the bookies or Twitter being Twitter in terms of trying to link different coaches to different jobs. But no, look, I don't think you can fault the job he's done. Um, and if you look at it, the two years, I mean, his first two years really were hampered by COVID, weren't they? Yeah. You know, he had no fans and stuff like that. And the amount of money that he had to spend was was so limited. Um, so no, look, I I personally think um, he's done a very, very good job. And, and I think the majority of the fan base would say the same. I think he's... He's someone who's who's been there a long time in terms of football now. 
Like you don't get a manager normally that, that lasts four years now, do you really? So mm. um, if you give a manager time you and you can see the continuity, then then you can see what they bring to the table. And I think in all of Gary Rowett's seasons as a manager, particularly when he's managed in in the second tee, he's been in and around the playoffs anyway. So no, overall, I I would say stock should be high uh, for the job that he's done. Yeah, I'm just looking at the list now of the longest serving managers in the championship. Gary Rowett actually second behind Mark Robbins, who's been at Coventry yeah. for just under five years. Gary Rowett at Millwall, three years and one month. Below that, it's Nigel Pearson, who's one year and nine months at Bristol City. So I saw something the other day that it was it's crazy how Alex Neal at Stoke is the 13th longest serving manager in the championship. And he only left Sutherland to go to Stoke in uh, earlier this season. It just shows kind of how quick the turnover is. But Gary Rowe, obviously one of the longest serving managers there at Millwall. But as you said before, good defensive record, changed to a back four, better at home than away from home. So how do you think Millwall are going to approach this game against Sunderland at the stadium alike, do you think they're probably going to sit back and try and hit them on, on the counter-attack or how do you think they'll go about it? I think, I think particularly the opening 20, 25 minutes, look, it, it, it will be, look, let's, let's not give anything away. Yeah. You know, let's, let's turn up, let's be solid. It's, you know, there'll be a big crowd there as well, you know, and if that stadium gets going, everyone knows what it's like. You know what? It's a terrific stadium. It brings a terrific atmosphere, and to be fair, it's been good to see big crowds turning back up at Sunderland as well. You know, it's a very passionate place, isn't it? So, yeah. no, I, I have to say, I think that first twenty-five minutes it will be to try and just make sure we don't give anything away, be solid, you know, do everything you got to do right, and then once the game's settled down, let's see what. We'll, Let's see what can happen. Let's see if we can get the ball in, ball into the likes of Z and Fleming. See if you feed it into Tom Bradshaw and try and create some chances um, and see what goes from there. But I think the majority of it will be the Lions being solid um, and and trying to hit Sunderland on 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 the counter attack. You know, I think the last time they played at the stadium at night, um, I think it was a two-two draw. Two-two draw, yeah. Um, Remember, there were some bad goalkeeping errors as well in that Oh, game. that was awful, wasn't it? Some mm-hmm. really horrific goalkeepers. And both goalkeepers. Yeah. I mean, I think the two free kicks that... Was it two free kicks Millwall scored, I think? And the goalkeeper, absolute howler. Um, and then, yeah, the equalising goal. Yeah, it was 2-3 yeah. at the same and 1-1 at the Den. Yeah, I think the equalising goal for Sunderland in the second half... Because it, it just before I think Chris Coleman had just been appointed, but he wasn't taking charge of the game. Mm. And an equalising goal uh, for Sunderland. I don't know what Jordan Archer was doing. He came out and tried to punch it or something. Like, I don't know what happened. And it ended up in the top corner. It was uh, it was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, two uh, two two goalkeepers. I think best setter in the club's history. Yeah. Uh, Robin Royce was in goal for Sunderland that day. Um, it was a season that Sunderland fans will want to. Want to forget it was a really I'm sure it was. season. Um, but yeah, that's the last time that they that they played that season. It ended with with two draws. Um, so obviously the latest meeting coming this weekend. So we usually finish Alex just by asking our guests what do we think the score prediction is going to be. How do you think the game's going to go on Saturday? It's difficult. I'm I'm going to go for a draw. 
Um, I think both teams where they've not played yeah, for a while. Um, it is hard to say. Though. I mean, both teams haven't played too much. Um, I don't know what Sun. I mean, I don't think Sunderland were in the best of form before the break. They got a big um, win just before the break. They won away at yeah. Birmingham uh, 2-1, uh, yeah. which, was, which was an important one for them. Yeah, I think before that, it'd been a, a difficult run, hadn't it? So, patchy, yeah. yeah, and I think the break's done Sunderland well. We're getting their strikers back as well. Like, I know when when the game was due to be played originally, I think they had no strikers. Yeah. Um, so, no, look, it's going to be key. I think having a striker back is going to be good for Sunderland. Um, but no, I'm 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 going to go for a one-all draw. Um, I don't think there's going to be much in it. I think the two teams will. It's two teams that are going to try and look for the same thing, isn't it? So no, I think a one-all draw would be a fair result, um, and would be the one or the safe option, I should say. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think there's going to be much in the game. I think Sunderland might edge it. With still not sure, kind of who's going to be available. Ellis Sims came back before the um, World Cup break. He played the game at Birmingham and we think a couple of the other Sunderland players who were out injured could be back. The likes of Lyndon Gooch, Adjelise, Dennis Sirk, and we think they're going to be back. Ross Stewart, still not quite sure. Pitchers have been back on the on the grass today. We're uh, recording this on Wednesday, so not sure. I wouldn't expect him to start. Maybe he could play a part off the bench. Um, so that's one to keep an eye on. But as you say, with some kind of key Sunderland players coming back, I think they might edge it. So I'll go 2-1 to Sunderland but uh, as you said before not sure there's going to be much in the game so Alex thanks a lot for joining us on the latest episode of the Raw podcast for all the latest Sunderland news you can head over to the SFC section of the Sunderland Echo website Tony Mowbray will be speaking to the media on Thursday so we'll have reaction from that as well as more build up to Saturday's game also if you don't already know you can subscribe to our YouTube channel just search Sunderland Echo SAFC on YouTube and press subscribe for all our latest podcasts, fan videos and press conference clips and much more as well. Um, we'll, have, as I said, have more build up to Saturday's game. And once again, thanks a lot for listening to the Raw podcast.